Today I speak with Justine Toms. For the past 44 years, Justine has co-hosted New Dimensions Radio. She and her husband, Michael Toms, worked on this radio program together until his death in 2013. When I say hope, I, I feel that hope is my... Um, late husband Michael Tom said hope is believing in spite of the evidence but he also added but working actively to change the evidence so that's what I mean by hope so in working like watering that seed I work actively with a group of people in in positive change and even if I without attachment to the outcome to know something bigger is trying to emerge it's a conversation with Justine Toms from the heart on progressive spirit progressivespirit.net stay with us Pacifica Radio Network, the Public Radio Exchange, PRX, and from the studios of KBOO in Portland, Oregon, this is Progressive Spirit, progressivespirit.net. I'm John Shuck. There's an African saying that I think really is so pertinent to this, and that is that a friend is someone who knows your song and sings it to you when you have forgotten it. Those who love you are not fooled by the mistakes you have made or the dark images you hold about yourself. And this is the important part of this saying. It's, they remember your beauty when you feel ugly, your wholeness when you are broken, your innocence when you feel guilty, and your purpose when you are confused. So they remember your beauty your wholeness, your innocence, and your purpose. And uh, I, I just, I think that this is what's so important about circles and about being together and about if it, 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 it going back to what I said in the very beginning of this conversation, to, to not isolate ourselves to join with others in a conscious way is one of the most important things you can do for yourself. That and getting a good night's sleep. Since 1973, Justine Willis Toms has been exploring personal, social, and spiritual transformation through her work as an electronic journalist, editor, and writer. She's the co-founder, managing producer, and host of New Dimensions Radio Media. She has also produced many award-winning radio series, including Deep Ecology for the 21st Century and Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature. She's co-author of True Work, Doing What You Love and Loving What You Do, and author of Small Pleasures, Finding Grace in a Chaotic World. Justine, along with Michael Toms, was selected for induction to the 2011 Broadcasters Hall of Fame. In June 2004, she was one of 30 people in the world invited to participate in the Synthesis Dialogues with His Holiness, the Dalai Lama. She's with me via Skype to talk about the 44-year broadcast adventure of New Dimensions and what she discovered along the way. Welcome, Justine, to Progressive Spirit. Thank you so much, John. It's my pleasure to be here. I uh, was overwhelmed as I was looking through your website and all of the guests. Really, your show has been on every week since 1973, right? 43 years? 
That's right. That's right. Uh, we've been, uh, gosh, it's hard to think about it in those terms. But yes, uh, we've been at it for a while. Oh, you must have been a teenager when you started. I mean, that's <laughs> that is that's amazing. Now, do you have uh, all of those programs on archive? Well, you know, we do have them on archive. Our, in fact, our archive of eight thousand hours uh, sits in vaults in Stanford University's Special Collections Libraries, and they um, were they're committed to going back and digitizing some of those older programs. But they've been pretty slow about it, so we've been slowly chipping away at that. So we have about 1,500 hours that are available on our website that have been digitized, pulling these gems of what we call perennial wisdom uh, from from the archive of some people whose voices uh, can still be heard in their energy. Somehow, I, I know that you probably know this uh, as being a radio person yourself, that uh, there's something about hearing someone's voice. Can you imagine if if we could hear Jesus's voice today or, or hear Muhammad or Buddha or, or whomever uh, to, to, you know, uh, hear their voice right now. So this, this in some ways is just collecting these, the oral tradition of the, the changing of an age is what I would say, John. Yeah, you know, and and your guests, I mean, including Joseph Campbell. Uh, so many many of your guests, of course, have have gone on, uh, passed on, and yet, uh, yeah, and and hearing their voices really is an is an eerie and holy feeling, isn't it? I, even my mother, who's passed away, and and uh, a couple of years ago, and and we did a recording of her and and my father, and hearing her voice again, uh, uh, it just brings her to the present in a way that I, I hadn't expected. It's so true. It's so true. I, I'm just thinking now, last night I was part of a panel who uh, invited to talk about the legacy of Willis Harmon, who was a, a president of Institute of Noetic Sciences, and he was also a, a professor of at Stanford and and a researcher and just a, just an all he did a a book called Global Mind Change and Willis so we were talking about his legacy and someone had done a a little clip from him and he just felt so present in the room telling the stories about him and how he helped our own lives and changed our lives it, it was just wonderful and these are the kinds of people on whose shoulders we all have stood and are standing. And, and I think it's important to know that legacy to, uh, that from where, where this, this thought has evolved from or the foundational places. Uh, to, I think that's important. Uh, at least it is to me. John, it, do, do you feel that, that that's something that is interesting to you? Oh, absolutely. I think uh, that's why I, I, I think both of us love to do these kinds of interviews to hear what, what, what uh, the wisdom tradition and what people have to say and wisdom coming in uh, many surprising places as well. Exactly. You know, you've been uh, interviewed some amazing people. I mentioned Joseph Campbell, Maya Angelou, uh, so many others. I, and I'm sure you get asked a great deal who your favorite interviewee was. And you can answer that if you like. But my question really is, in these 43 years of interviews, uh, how has uh, the whole of it uh, influenced you? How have you perhaps changed uh, since 1973? And, and how has this broadcast contributed to that? Whoa, whoa, what a great, great question and one that's so broad and so deep, John. Uh, I, and I, I suppose what I can say, I, I've given some thought to this, and I think it, it's about, I've learned that it's more than the answers that come it's about the questions. The, t the two things that come to my mind, John, are the, to know the assumptions by which I am viewing the world, my own personal assumptions, what, 
by that I'm operating out of to know that deeply because everything I see is prejudiced by that assumption. And the more I know what that is, the, the better I can get it to sort of relax and expand and, and, and get a little more fuzzy on the edges so that I can be open to, to a broader range of possibilities. And, and then also asking questions. And I, I'm reminded of a, 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 a quote that I, I have referred to often uh, that was made by Albert Einstein. And he, he was talking about the power of questions, of the questions we're asking and to look to the possibility of looking closely at them. And he said, if I had an hour to f solve a problem in my life, depending on the solutions, uh, if, if I hadn't wait, if I had an hour to solve a problem and my life depended on the solution, I would spend the first 55 minutes determining the proper question to ask. For once I knew the proper question, I could solve the problem in less than five minutes. And I, I just I love that idea of of it, it, to look at our our personal assumptions and beliefs and to really take those apart and then to look at the questions you're asking, such as I, I would say, John, for myself, the some of the questions that I have been guiding, we'll say guiding questions for me in my life that have that these questions have evolved through the years in answer to your question, your, your overall big question um, is the, some of the questions that I might be asking myself is what is trying to emerge here? So rather than to look at, to, to, to go into my reaction or my judgment immediately or to feel like, oh, this one is is such a challenge. I, I, I want to resist it. You know, my my that reptilian brain that comes up and wants to resist what's coming at me uh, to to relax a little bit and to be more curious and to say, oh, what what is trying to emerge here? And along with that, there's a kind of optimism that that is associated with that there's a kind of trust in the universe and there's a kind of trust that if i look back over my life all those challenges that have come to me throughout my life look i, I i'm still here <laughs> i'm still enjoying mm -hmm. my life i'm still putting out my work and and if you look at it in those terms you say Wow, I got through that one. If you look in the past and you come forward uh, to now, and if something is scaring me or, or causing me to contract, such as let's say a, a, a political action or something coming out of the White House uh, or something, yeah. you know, some climate change or whatever it is, to to just try and relax and say, what is trying to emerge here? And then the next question would be to ask myself, what is worthy of my best effort? So where am I putting my action? Where am I putting my energy? What am I giving energy to? You know, remember that that um, story that uh, I think it was I, I first heard it that as a Native uh, American story I'm not sure what the origins the true origins of it are but it was a story of of the internal wolves in us there's the, uh, the ferocious wolf and then there's a peaceful wolf and uh, and the little boy is asking his grandfather, well, well, which wolf is going to, to win? That, that wolf that's going to eat me up or, or the wolf that's going to nurture me? And he said, well, it depends on the, the one you feed. And so I'm not telling that story very well. But, no, no, that's right. But, yeah. But maybe you get the idea. It's, it, it's like, what is worthy of my best mm -hmm. effort? Where am I putting my attention? That's what I have control over, where I put my attention. 
and and if I'm I keep focusing on that which is taking me down, which is causing me to contract in fear, then I I uh, that's the wolf I would be feeding, and and you go in the direction of which your your attention and your energies are, so we have to at least i have to sometimes consciously move that attention over to that other wolf inside that or that other energy inside that is is taking me towards something that that gives me the opportunity to contribute to to goodness and to the, the what might what I would consider the that supports more life on the planet rather than than death and destruction. I really like uh, what you said that about seeing in the big picture of things of of what is emerging. I'm speaking with uh, Justine Willis Toms. She is the uh, producer of um, New Dimensions Radio, and. Uh, this was the question that I was that I have, but you kind of answered it. But I'm going to let you go, talk about it some more. Uh, you know, since uh, the election in November, uh, many people have felt immobilized. Um, awful things seem to come at us every day. I mean, just yesterday, uh, the president tweets his policy that transgender people will no longer be in the military. It, it, he's, he's, he's much like an adolescent, just inciting chaos. So, and how do we respond to that? And uh, and not respond and um, and the idea of something. What what might we say? What is emerging in this um, with this election of this really strange president? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I must say I'm 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 a bit uh, addicted to uh, checking in uh, to to what's going on. I've, I've been following the news more closely, I think, than I ever have since, since the Watergate uh, uh, incident that, that, that was televised. All of those uh, uh, places where, where people were testifying for Watergate. And, I, and, and now here I am again, really plugging into that and looking with rather fascination at what is unfolding, and I think that wh- how I'm I'm holding it. There, there are a couple of things that help me through this. Uh, well, there are three things I'd, I'd say, uh, and the first one is to understand um, that the pace of change d- isn't always according to my uh, schedule. <laughs> there, there is a, a pace of change that. Um, that might take more patience than I'm I'm participating in or willing to participate. I have to expand my willingness to to be patient and to know that that the the universe and having have the conviction that the universe knows what it's doing. And I, I do believe in that. I do believe that 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 goodness will actually uh, emerge out out of it, 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 and that we will be going to a good place. Uh, but in the in the short term, it's it's tough. It's it's really tough. So I w- I would say that it's really important to to, to not isolate ourselves. I I, I I I think that this is one of the most important things that that not to to just watch the news unfolding all by ourselves that it's really important to circulate with others, to rub shoulders, to get out in the corridors of life, to not, st- the news will will seduce us to staying at home and become paranoid and paralyzed. And um, so to, to get out and, and allow those great synchronicities to help ourselves uh, to, be, to be available to, to some miraculous things. Uh, so I would say it's really important to 
to join with others and to make a community for yourself, however small it is, but to, to not be isolated. So that's number one uh, or number two, one and two. Uh, it's for me, it's really important to to share that with others. If, if I'm just home alone, John, it just, I would become totally para paralyzed by fear. And the other thought that I have, there's, there is talking about like change, going back to the idea of change. There's, um, there's a book, um, that was, uh, written by, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, clerk. His name was, um, Oh, anyway, it's called Public Like a Frog. I remember the name of the book. Oh, Oliver Clerk uh, it was his name. And it, Invaluable Lessons of a Frog, Seven Life-Enhancing Metaphors. That's what it is. And in that book, he talks about the metaphor of the bam Chinese bamboo. And he says this is a special kind of bamboo that when you plant the seeds in good soil and you water it on the first year, nothing happens. And you take care of it the second year and nothing happens. And the third, it's not until the fifth year, John, that you start to see little, little green growth start to show up. And John, in that fifth year, that bamboo grows 40 feet, four zero feet, 40 mm. feet in one year. And, and yet it didn't show any signs of life for five years. And so the, that metaphor really helps me to know that there are things taking place beyond my, my consciousness, beyond my senses, beyond my touch and feel and being able to see and hear it. But it is taking place, and and that I I have a a a, a hope, and uh and and when I say hope, I I feel that hope is my um, late husband Michael Tom said hope is believing in spite of the evidence, but he also added but working actively to change the evidence. So that's what I mean by hope. So in working, like watering that seed, I work actively with a group of people in, in positive change. And even if I, without attachment to the outcome, to know something bigger is trying to emerge and that that bamboo is going to grow 40 feet and it's going to just blow us all away when we finally see it and see our, our good works collectively have made a huge difference. Justine Willis-Toms is my guest on Progressive Spirit. She's the host of New Dimensions, a program, a radio a show that has been on uh, the air uh, all over uh, different various parts of the world, Canada, New Zealand, uh, many uh, radio stations in the United States for 43 years. And you did this show with your husband, Tom, for 40 years, and he died in 2013, and I'm so sorry uh, for your loss. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Uh, a lot of people called him Tom. It's, oh, I'm sorry. Tom Michael. I'm you know, Tom. it uh, happened all <laughs> the time. Even while he was alive, they would call him Tom. He was one of those people that had two first names. His first and his last name was like two first names. Uh, my apologies. Uh, That's but, okay. Uh, You've continued the program and uh, continue to work, and obviously in the midst of great grief, which is can be tedious, um, but it can also can have a depth to it too. I don't know if you would mind talking about this. Uh, how has the new dimensions kind of embraced you through this through this grief of the loss of loss of Michael? How beautiful! Thank you so much for this just beautiful question. I so appreciate it, John, and I I, I would love to talk about it. I, it was, um, I, I, you know, Michael and I were together for 40, 42 years and, um, uh, it, so, and we were not only together, you know, married, we were also together 24 hours a day because we did our work together. So it's not right. just, you know, where we would get up in the morning and he would go to work and I would go to work, but we were together and you can imagine what what that was like. It was just uh, 
and of course in in all relationships we we call a relationship we would call it the conscious crucible because Hmm. you know you really have to go through a lot when you are together like that and you 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 grow and you change and who we were to begin with was not who we were when he when he passed away uh so going through so many cycles in our lives and in in his his dying, I was able, I'm so grateful to able to be with him and midwife him through his dying. Uh, he died of diabetes and uh, I guess, or complications of diabetes. And um, so to, to be with him there throughout all of that was just a tremendous blessing. But then it left me then afterwards with just lots of things to take care of. Just you, you mm-hmm. just couldn't imagine. I, I mean, the the home that we were vacating, we I, I, there were a thousand boxes, maybe more than a thousand boxes of papers and archives. I mean, Michael was a pack rat of everything, mm-hmm. and 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 I had to go through every single box to make sure. And and one sheet of paper at a time to go through all of that and to sort out what can be shredded, what can be needed to be kept, what needed to be passed on, everything and, and all of that was just golly. And and then uh, to continue at all of this at the same time, new dimensions. And what I learned really from that is that I, I, I was. I learned that I was. I was very capable of doing it. I didn't know my own strength. I didn't know my own the the wisdom I had collected. I didn't know my own uh, power to manifest and to uh, make good decisions and to be uh, to take on to. To be the head goose, so to speak. You know, remember that story of, of how the geese help each other, how they fly in formation in a V formation, and the first goose will be the head goose that that in that V formation breaks the air for the other gooses following behind, other geese following behind. And so that that goose has the hardest job. It's out front. And that's what Michael did all those years. He was out front. He was the most out front. He was the most public. You heard his voice more than mine, even though I did lots of interviews even when he was uh, alive. But he was the main voice that you would hear. And so people really turned to him and and he made a lot a lot of decisions front line. But the other geese that are behind that goose, what they do is that the honking is honking for encouragement, to encourage that lead goose to keep going, keep going. And so that's what uh, what I and other people on the team would do. We would honk, honk, honk to Michael as he was leading us. And then when he passed away, that formation changed, just like in geese. That head goose isn't always the one leading. Sometimes another goose will take over. And that's what happened. And this is the first time I've ever told this story in quite this way, John. So I want to thank you for your deep listening that that offers me this opportunity to tell this story, not only to you, but to myself. Uh, And um, so then I took over the lead goose. I'm speaking with Justine Toms, the host of New Dimensions Radio. This is Progressive Spirit, progressivespirit.net. I'm John Schock. Stay with us.
It is only through a change in human consciousness that the world will be transformed. The personal and the planetary are connected. As we expand our awareness of mind, body, psyche and spirit and bring that awareness actively into the world, so also will the world be changed. This is our quest as we explore new dimensions. You're listening to Progressive Spirit, progressivespirit.net. I'm John Shuck. My guest is Justine Toms of New Dimensions. Uh, I have a team of people that help me, and I am so fortunate in the team that I have, John. Uh, two members of the team have been with us and with New Dimensions all throughout the 40 three years that we've been broadcasting. Oh, wow. That's that's just tremendous. These people hold the archive and the history of New Dimensions with me. And, the, and they work with their own personal partners. Uh, so there's Lou Judson and Dan Drayson. And then Lou Judson's wife is Colleen Burroughs Judson, and she works with us. And then Dan Drayson's partner is Jolene O'Hare, and she works with us. So this makes up the team of New Dimensions, and I feel that they are just right there with me, just honk, honk, honking, and the encouragement to to keep me going and to make good decisions. And, and again, it goes back to community, John. I'm not doing it by myself. I'm doing it with this team as well as a team of listeners uh, that, that encourage and write in and support us financially because we are supported by our, our listenership. That's, that's our main support through the years. So, so with all of that, that I, I've learned a lot and I've learned about, uh, my, my own strength in being that head goose, so to speak. Uh, but I don't do it alone. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. You talked a couple of times now about how we don't do this alone, how we need the friends of the heart. And you've been working um, with circles. Can you talk a little bit about about that, the various circles in which uh, you are in which you are connected? Uh, thank you so much. I, I circles uh, developing friends of the heart who support you in your fullness is is one of the most important things we can do at this time to meet regularly with friends who support us in our fullness. We are more intelligent when we're in the company of others who are listening deeply, deeply to ourselves and to one another. There's actually an alchemical change that happens when we've been truly witnessed and heard by others in this safe container of this circle. And I have uh, several several circles that I meet with regularly. One I've been meeting, my women's circle, I've been meeting with for over 35 years. And then there's a circle of men and women uh, mixed circle that I've been meeting with for over 30 years. And it, it, you know, in, though, in, in that circle, our children have grown up in that circle. Um, you know, our parents have died in that circle. Uh, we've been, there's been divorces. There's been new relationships. There's been all sorts of uh, uh, changes that we have gone through in, in all of those circles as we've supported each other in through these years. And I, I just want to I want to give just briefly, uh, there's an African saying that I think really is so pertinent pertinent to this and that is that a friend is someone who knows your song and sings it to you when you have forgotten it those who love you are not fooled by the mistakes you have made or the dark images you hold about yourself and this is the important part of this saying it's they remember your beauty when you feel ugly your wholeness when you are broken, your innocence when you feel guilty, and your purpose when you are confused. So they remember your beauty, your wholeness, your innocence, and your purpose. 
And uh, I, I just I think that this is what's so important about circles and about being together and about if it, 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 it going back to what I said in the very beginning of this conversation, to, to not isolate ourselves, to join with others in a conscious way is one of the most important things you can do for yourself. That and getting a good night's sleep. <laughs> yeah, right. And as Gary Snyder says, one of your guests, take a lot of walks. Take a lot of walks. Oh, isn't Gary wonderful? And uh, mm -hmm. Gary, I remember years ago when uh, one of the interviews that we did, uh, we asked Gary, what's the most important thing? He was talking about the environment at that time. And as you know, as we face climate change and, and some of the uh, the dismantling of the EPA uh, these days, which won't always be with us. We're, we're going to get through this. We will get through this. But what, Gary, the advice he gave us is to know your own watershed. And I just think that just really impressed me. I remember that uh, through the years. To know where where does the water come from where you live? Where What is your watershed? And, and even get out and walk it and know it. Uh, we just recently highlighted a program, I think it's going to air this month, if it hasn't aired already, with John Lane, who's from the uh, northern part of Georgia, I think. And he he talks about circling home, and he took a topo map, and he did a, um, uh, a circle, like a mile in radius, around where he lived, and he walked that whole mile. He learned the history of it. He learned the terrain of it. He learned he he, he learned it on in all ways. He learned the uh, the what's going on with it now. He learned the watershed. Where is the water from? He learned uh, uh, the the Indian uh, the Indians, the Native Americans that had lived there prior. He and and then he learned when the when it was inhabited by uh, the Europeans. He learned what was the how, how did the ecology change? All of that just within one mile radius. And I just thought that was so fine, such a good thing to know. And so, again, it goes back to that idea. You know, we look at the global situation, and but we act locally. We act in that way in within the sphere of our own influence and maybe our influence is a global influence that's great so make a difference there but maybe our influence maybe is is more more closely held it's more in a local level that's good too there is no judgment there is no comparison like oh they're contributing more than i am everyone can contribute within their own sphere of influence and i encourage us all to do that justine willis toms is my guest on progressive spirit uh, a host of new dimensions radio a uh, program that's been on for well coming up in september it'll be 44 years i believe and this um and, and and as i'm listening to you talking about the watershed about walking and knowing your area and and how where your water comes from perhaps where your food comes from the, these kinds of things are are lost in our super technical age in many respects we we are we get so much information uh immediately at our fingertips with with the, the internet today and yet at the same time there's a sense in which that can isolate us actually from the world around us as well um so on one hand, it's a gift, but on one hand, that gift also takes away um, with our being able to be intimately connected, not only with others, but with uh, nature. And because if we know nature, if we know our watershed, we're also likely to be more uh, fierce about protecting it. That's right. The, it, it, exactly. And the other thing, too, John, about that is I, I know, and you may have experienced this, too, that there are so, so many teachers will share with us the importance of us getting out in nature. 
there there's something so comforting there's something so nurturing there's something so calming about that to take a walk to to sit down and put your put your feet take your shoes off put your feet on mother earth put your bare feet on mother earth lean your back against a tree and just sit there quietly and let it infuse you with its healing and calming and nurturing power. It is powerful. And so we must avail ourselves of it. And even if we live in a city, there's a park someplace that we can go to. Uh, I remember when my when my mother was dying of cancer and she was living with us. And I've been blessed to be able to midwife several people, including Michael and now my and my, my mother and my mother, too, into her dying. And I remember it, at one time it became overwhelming to me and I was standing, I was in San Francisco where we we're living in San Francisco at the time. And I was standing at a bus stop waiting for a bus and I was just overwhelmed with, with grief. And I was standing, there was this bush, just this bush kind of, it was kind of eye level grown kind of up to eye level next to me in this little plot of ground there at the bus stop on the middle of a busy on the side of a busy street in San Francisco and I remember turning to this bush and burying my head in its leaves and just crying and and I swear to you John this bush reached out and comforted me I felt such a deep nurturing comfort in my grief from this bush. Uh, I, and I've never told that story before. And I thank you uh. for, 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 for bringing it to my mind because uh, being in nature and is so important to us and getting off of our iPhones and our, our smartphones and off of our iPads or whatever it is and being out in nature is so important. Oh, you know, so many religious traditions and spiritual traditions talk about the the healing leaves, you know, and, and have trees or bushes as uh, sacred places. And uh, your experience there uh, resonates uh, with those, I think, as well. Um, uh, Justine Toms, my guest on Progressive Spirit, uh, host of New Dimensions Radio. Well, I, I just may I mention, Please, John, that uh, just... Uh, to remind oh, people that that we have, um, you know, our program is available. You get to if you can if you don't have it on a station near you, you can always pick it up on our website, newdimensions.org, and that way you can hear streaming the current program on the website. Or and besides that, that's our current program. Besides that, you can. Also subscribe to our two podcasts and another podcast, too, that we offer. But uh, the two podcasts, the New Dimensions flagship, you can just subscribe to it and hear it on your devices and our New Dimensions Cafe. Both of those are available if you go to the website and just scroll down on the home page on the right hand side. You'll see a place that you can subscribe to our podcasts as well as uh, hear this, the program streaming. And then also just kind of plug into the archive and, and look up the 1500 hours that we have uh, that you can download for a small charge to download any of those programs. And one of those guests is uh, His Holiness, uh, the Dalai Lama. And uh, you were in, um, invited, uh, just one of 30 people, to have a dialogue with him. What was uh, that experience like? Oh, that was so wonderful. Uh, we, we went, we actually traveled to India, and we uh, went up to Dharamsala, and we met in his, in his in where he, he lives. And that that particular interview, Michael and I have been able to interview him several times through the years. And but that particular interview was in Dharamsala and and it was in his home. And it was uh, just in his actual physical home. Uh, and it just uh, was just wonderful being with him, Michael and I and his holiness. And the first time we interviewed him, it was in uh, Costa Rica. And and that was such a wonderful time. 
was we were at a conference called Seeking the True Meaning of Peace. And this was back in the 80s. And so it was it was interesting being with him on that occasion. Two things happened. Three things, I'll say. One, uh, Michael mentioned to him there in the room, there was myself, his holiness, Michael and his translator, although he could speak English and he didn't need a translator. So the four of us were in the room and uh, Michael, one of the questions Michael asked him was his about his meeting with Thomas Merton the uh, mm. Trappist uh, monk uh, who wrote Seven Story Mountain and was just this, if no one knows, our listeners don't know about Thomas Merton, look him up on our website. You'll see several interviews about him uh, on our website. But anyway, uh, his holiness, just his eyes just lit up and he loved talking about Thomas Merton. He just, they really connected here, this Catholic monk and this uh, Buddhist uh, Yeshi, uh, Buddhist uh, Dalai Lama, uh, head of the Tibetan tradition, uh, just was wonderful. But the other thing that happened while we were there, which the, my only assignment was to remember to take a picture of us. And I was so nervous and excited, I, I forgot to do that. And so when His Holiness stood up from the couch and he was you know, thanking us. And, and he turned around and he noticed the camera and he said, Oh, Oh, do you want a picture? <laughs> and <laughs> it was so funny. He had so much presence. He was so present that he remembered to take the picture. He, and he handed the camera to our, our, to his assistant to take the picture. I, I, I just, it, that so impressed me. But the other thing that impressed me about his holiness that I, the lesson I most learned from him is that someone asked him uh, in, in the open meeting in this beautiful opera house in San Jose, Costa Rica, right in the center of Costa Rica, they said, you know, Your Holiness, um, you'll probably never get back to Tibet, and I just don't understand why you go around and, and your people are being decimated and there's genocide going on in Tibet, and what, why you go around so happy and optimistic. And what His Holiness said uh, changed my life. He said, um, well, you know, I get up every morning and, and to be optimistic and to be happy makes me feel better. You know, I mean, just that simple statement yeah. right there. And then he said, and, you know, I don't know the future. I don't know how all of this is going to turn out. But I give my I give myself to the best of my ability to what I believe is right and good to do, not because I know how it's going to turn out but because it is a right and good thing for me to do. And when he said that, I knew that I needed to do the same thing. And it's just like what I said at the very uh, beginning of this program in talking about what guides me is, you know, what what is it that I should, that is worthy of my very best effort and, and not to, to worry about the outcome, to leave, excuse me, to leave that up to the universe, to leave that up to God, if you would say, or to leave that up to that universal spirit that all things are held in goodness. That's the biggest container, that everything else is just small, local weather. Hmm. A delightful conversation. Thank you, Justine Willis-Toms. She is the co-founder and producer and host of New Dimensions Radio. And what is your, that website, again, for New Dimensions? Thank you for asking. It's newdimensions.org, O-R-G, newdimensions.org. Justine, thank you so much for, for all of your work in, in this long legacy of uh, important broadcasting and for spending time with me. It's been my pleasure being with you, John. Honestly, I, I so enjoyed it. Thank you for your deep listening and all of your contributions.
Progressive Spirit is heard every week. On Progressive Spirit, you'll hear interviews with cutting-edge scholars, authors, and activists who have something to say about social justice, human flourishing, and things that matter. I intentionally give voice to people who are telling the truth and have evidence to back it up. This is serious business. Living in the empire run by the deep state, we need freedom of the airwaves and the internet, and we need truth tellers to expose the lies of the criminals in high places. Progressive Spirit provides encouragement to be courageous. Progressive Spirit is formatted for radio and is distributed every week through the Pacifica Radio Network and PRX, the public radio exchange. Thanks to the following stations for carrying Progressive Spirit every week. WETS, Johnson City, Tennessee. WEHC, Emory, Virginia. WPVM, Asheville, North Carolina. Cutstown University Radio, Cutstown, Pennsylvania. KCEI, Taos, New Mexico. And WLRI, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. If you enjoy the show, ask your local public radio station or your favorite commercial station to check it out and consider adding Progressive Spirit to its weekly lineup. You can also catch Progressive Spirit on your favorite podcast app. If you like the show, please share it on your social media and say nice things. The website is ProgressiveSpirit.net. You can find Progressive Spirit on Facebook and Twitter. I'm also the leader of a progressive congregation in Beaverton, Oregon, Southminster Presbyterian Church, Southmin.org. Progressive Spirit is produced in the studios of KBOO in Portland, Oregon. I'm John Shuck. Be well. Be well.